I never worked on the Indies. I went straight from college wrestling to professional wrestling. My only idea of what a wrestling school looked like was, was when I would see WCW clips of the power plant. So I was expecting to go to that <laughs> or something similar. And we pull up to it and it's, I mean, it looks like a decrepit, abandoned warehouse. Perception in this case wasn't reality. It was built to make a good TV show. The walls were blacked out, the colors were bright enough, entranceways looked good, and we had a place to call our own as a locker room. I show up at this place like an abandoned warehouse. I knock on the door like, am I at the right spot? Who opens a door but a 330-pound Dave Batista? And I'm like 19, got love handles and some bad ink on my arms, and I just see this giant man, and I'm just thinking in my head, what the f did I get myself into? It was crazy. All these stud athletes, man, and they just kept coming and coming. One day, Shelton, and the next day, Brock's walking in, then Cena's walking in. Randy shows up all confused and not knowing where to go. <laughs> but it's like all these guys were just, they were just studs, man. Oh, wait a minute, look at the wow. agility of Shelton Benjamin. Oh my God, the super kick. The best wrestling performer was Shelton Benjamin by far because he was the best athlete. The TV wrestling debut of this year's NCAA heavyweight champion, Brock Lesnar. Brock was obviously the most physically intimidating looking guy. But then John Cena, he comes in and he can cut a promo like he's been on TV for 15 years. I am the future of this business. Whereas neither Brock nor Shelton at that point could really say boo to a goose. Been a thorn in the side of me for a long time. And then, ah. Then there's Randy Orton, who's kind of got up here what the wrestling business is all about because he's grown up with his father and grandfather. Randy Orton, a man that's come on over the last few weeks even quicker than we ever thought that he might. And then here comes Batista. They all looked at Batista like, my God. He's not a human. He's not a man. He's a monster. It all came together where we got the strong points out of each one of them and tried to minimize the weaknesses. I suppose you have something pertinent to add to this. As always. The minds behind it were just a wealth of information. I think they enjoy giving back to people who, who want to give, especially Jim Cornette. When I showed up, he gave us a reading list and he gave us a VHS library of study tape. It was extremely rewarding because you have these brilliant minds teaching you all this information. And I get to work with people who are tremendously talented. This is the Pro Wrestling Reflection Podcast with your host, the professor, Chao Bello Veracruz. <laughs> Mr. Wonderful, Tommy Wonder. And I will take the powers of those that have no fear. And the prodigal one, JB. The queen. The queen of the crop. Now it's time to go back in time in the time machine. says I just whipped your ass. But be the man! You gotta beat the man! Woo! Look at this!
I'm not the one who's so far away when I feel the snake bite enter my veins. Never did I wanna be here again, and I don't remember why I came. Nights, what is going on there? The big Vito lights. What is going on there to God? Because it's shining light on me for all the video reflectionites that are going to be seeing this. God is shining light on me because I am so effervescent. God is shining light on me because I am so effluent. God is shining light on me because I am so glorious. Oh, you see, I'm shining, shining bright like a diamond. But anyway, neither here nor there. But. What is going on to all the ice out there? What is going on to the Magnificent 70, Elite 8, the Naughty 9, the Terrific 10? And you know what? It has been a, it's been a, a week, two, a two weeks, you know? We took a little bit of a week vacation, but it was a pre-planned week vacation because I had to make somebody sweat a little bit. I had to make somebody, like, not sleep for 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I had to make this guy sweat because... No, don't even get it on this, the DM shit. But anyway, I had to make him sweat because I was like, is he, I want him to be like, is he gonna do it? Is he gonna do it? Oh, he ain't gonna do it, man. He's gonna, he's gonna fuck it up again. He's gonna take his time. It's April Fool's Day. No, we are gonna do it. Executive producer extraordinaire, Big Ray Hernandez, you finally get your Christmas wish, and it's in October, for God's sake, all right? You know, not to say that, the, that I do not deliver for the PWR. I do not deliver for the Magnificent Seven. I do not deliver for the Elite Eight, the Naughty Nine, the Terrific Ten. I do not deliver when somebody asks me to do some things like TW, when somebody asks me to do things like Donnie Day One, like Christopher Paul Bruce Winley, like, you know, Philip Scott Wood, Michael Davis, A-Track Black, Jeff Lipman, Steve Pena, you know who you are. I deliver for the reflection life because this show is about you. It's not about me. I may be vain like that. I may be arrogant like that. But I give it to y'all because you make the show even better. Be and I give it to y'all because if I do anything that I like, sooner or later you'll be like, I don't like this show. Sooner or later T-Dub's gonna be like, I don't like doing this shit. Man. You, you do everything. You, you're hiding off all the spotlight. I ain't doing this anymore. That's why I'm a, I'm a giver. I'm not selfish like that. Neither here nor there. But welcome, oh welcome to the PWR Podcast. Welcome, oh welcome to episode 175 here at the Homie Media Group at Podbean.com. I already introduced myself because I'm a vain like that. I'm the Professor Chabella Cruz, but I'm not here alone. No, 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 no. It's been two weeks since I even said this. This is my brother from another mother. This is the conservative liberal, the liberal conservative, the man that, is, that has been sliding into the DMs of Taylor Swift saying, why aren't you at the skyboxes for the Detroit Lions game? We got a cuter quarterback. We got a cuter tight end. We got cuter uh, defensive ends and all that stuff. Why are you being a slut for the Kansas City Chiefs? Be a slut for the Detroit Lions. We need that kind of mojo, but neither here nor there. He's your friend of mine, the Iron Stomach one, Mr. Wonderful, Dum Dum Doing Idiot Zone. Tommy Wonder, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good, but I'm very confused. 
what you, you went from about. saying don't talk about my GM activities, and then you went and told us all about your DM activities, how you're a giver to men, how you got what? all those cute linemen and Detroit Lions quarterbacks are cute and all this. Hey, man, I still love you. I got by the way, you, you look like you a, yes, you look like a cross between the Jamie Foxx version of Electro and when Jesus takes people up and the oh, light yeah. pulls them up and takes them up. It's nuts. They cut the power in your apartment and you just got sunlight coming into the open. No, I, again, I, I pray I pray to the gods and the gods are delivering. They're shining bright on me. That's all. Like, I can't help it. You know, it is okay, what it you're is. You're but... taking up. So Rapture's mm-hmm. in your apartment right now. I'm going to Does heaven. Does Ray even I'm, know we're doing very... this yet? Yes, he knows we're doing this. Uh, but anyway, so I'm going to heaven. This is why the sh- the lights is shining on the professor. This is why the lights is shining on the PWR podcast. But it's Hillary's Hillary's target. Get him. That's what oh, it says right now. But not only is the sh- is the light shining bright on the PWR podcast, but before we get in, you know what? I'm gonna make you sweat a little bit more, Big Ray. I'm gonna make you sweat a little bit more because you know what? I'm gonna ask you to stretch it out a little bit. You know what? It's been two weeks, Reflex Staff. I haven't talked to y'all in a long time. You know what has happened in two weeks? You know. What had happened? You know, we we finally got clarification from the British Council about seventy-two thousand at Wembley Stadium. But need to hear no there. We finally <laughs> got the 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 worst kept secret. Adam Copeland, aka Rated R, Adam Copeland is all elite. So you know, you know, again, the worst kept. Like TW always will say, the worst kept secret. But I'll say this: TW could you know expound on this because we always combine the present with the past, but it has nothing to do with the past here. But a man, he's 50 years old, but I'm not, it's not about his age. It's about that, you know, he's a businessman. He's got the itch. And I'll, I'll say this to all the reflection guys. I'll say this to the 12 that ride strong with us, TW. You know, eight years was taken away from him with that neck injury that forced him to retire. And, of course, you know, the WWE's, the doctors was not going to, you know, be liable for, for making up, forcing them to, to perform and then injure himself worse. And then he would sue the WWE for, you know, for malpractice, whatever. Like he's got AEW, yeah. Right, but eight <laughs> years was taken away from him. He still had the itch, and of course, the old saying: "You want to go on your own terms." I don't care about him being fifty years old. To me, he's got nothing left to prove. But you know, wrestling is the ultimate thrill drug. He loves the crowd. He loves to hear the pop of the fans. He loves either the pop or the booze because he can actually resonate that way. Now, the business end, will he draw money? Will he draw ratings? That's neither here nor there. But for him, as long as he's happy, as long as his wife, Beth Copeland's happy, as long as his kids want him to do this, I say it's America. Do the whatever the hell you want. If WWE wasn't going to let you do it, then find another company. I would have went to Impact for Scott DeMore, and it would be an easier schedule. But again, Tony Khan's going to pay you buku dollars. I can't fault run for that. So, TW, let's, let's say before we get into, uh, you know, sh- trying to stretch this out because Big Ray's like, hurry up, goddammit, get into this OVW shit. First and foremost, I'm happy for the guy. He's someone I personally know in real life. I haven't talked to him in a minute, but we've wrestled each other multiple times. So every part of me is happy for him. Although, I do take issues with a couple things. I think he okey-doked the WWE. And if he didn't, mm-hmm. then by all means... I'm okay with that. I'd rather that. But I think he knew he was going all along. I think people knew he was going all along. And I think he did that little retirement tour he did. And I think he made everyone, including WWE, think this was it for him. And he was going home. 
when he knew all along he wasn't. And there's only one reason he wanted to do that. So that when he ended there, he could go there with momentum because he wouldn't have got the six month send off. He just got uh-huh. and wouldn't have gone over on Finn, wouldn't have gone over on Seamus. He would have been putting people over on the way out the way the time honor tradition is. Then he would have been put on the shelf for the last 30 days of his contract. And then by the time he came out to AW, it wouldn't have been such a swift move, if you will, Taylor Swift being in the news. But uh-huh. that said, he protected his brand. Piper did it 30, 40 years ago. So why can't he do it? I just hope it doesn't burn bridges there because that company would have done anything for that guy. There's no doubt in my mind they would have. Uh, and then, you know, I've seen stuff since that his daughter wanted him to go be with Uncle Jay. Um, and I've heard him say he wants full time and they didn't have full time for him. I don't like that either because it makes it sound like they're the reason he was part time when mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think that's the case. I think at worst case, it was mutually agreed upon. Um, and second of all, this is my favorite part. I was running out of options of people that could win the AEW world title. And I could say that I wrestled them. Marty Jannetty ain't winning it. Brooklyn mm-hmm. Brawler ain't winning it. Bushwhackers ain't winning it. Demolition ain't winning it. Dilo Brown's not winning it. Rhino, he has an outside shot. Christian could, I doubt it. Um, cause he's more of a manager, but I think Adam is absolutely going to be a EW world champion. I think that's probably one of the things that made him go there is to add that to the mantle. Um, mm-hmm. if not win the tag titles with someone first, um, but I'm happy for him and, and I hope he doesn't get hurt. Like all my other guys that I actually liked and thought they would be the reason I watched AEW, but unfortunately it has not panned out for me. So maybe he'll be the guy that changed my mind. We'll see. Time will tell, but at least we had to say this. And again, before we get into OBW Big Ray again, I'm going to make you sweat a little bit, but you know what? Duty calls for us because one of the, one of the things you like, one of the things T-Bolt likes, one of the things Donnie Day 1 likes is when T-W has something to show. The unboxing, the, un, the unraveling, the, un, the unveiling. T-W, am I right? Because I'm stretching this out like a motherfucker. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, here we go. It feels like it's Ray's birthday. This is Big Ray's favorite thing. We're doing Big Ray's favorite show. Unfortunately, so my buddy Jeff at Impact Wrestling, he implied implied to me he heard some spoilers on this box. So I'm anticipating something big in here. I'm not sure what it is. But I already know that the pin is Adam Cole, which bums me out because we all know that's what I look forward to is – my favorite guy being the T-shirt, or my favorite guy being uh, uh, something. But mm-hmm. oh, the little, the little figure. So here we go. Without further ado, I might be running out of these boxes. I might be done with them soon. This, so this could be usual, it. The first. This is actually this, some this big. Shirt. This is a big moment. Man, is this another Sasha Banks shirt? Oh no! There's no. Oh, Sasha this Banks is for- perfect. I get called Arabic every day of my life during my job. Iron Sheik. Like oh my god! Says I, the Iron Sheik. I will. I'm putting that right over here in the pile of shirts I'm going to wear. That is actually that's a that's actually a great design. I like that shirt right there. I actually like. Yeah, I, I like the shirts that like had that vintage look, and these are all soft shirts. I actually like this shirt too. Um, this is a guy that I liked, who I think the window was passed on him ever. Having mm-hmm. a WrestleMania moment, but you you ain't cool wearing shirt. it. You ain't wearing it. I wear it. It's weird looking, but I'll wear it somewhere. Oh, mm-hmm. it's not only not a chase, but 
it's this is fun. It's it's my first ever Berserker action figure. Uh-huh. It's not an action figure. Oh, I think this is Britt Baker. Is that Britt Baker? That should be Britt Baker. Oh, it tells you. Uh, oh, look at this. Road to final battle. Who's oh, that's that? Silas Young. Silas mm-hmm. Young versus Adam Cole. Adam Cole. You got an ROH this DVD. Recent, this is a recent one, isn't it? No, that's an ROH DVD. No. Kyle O'Reilly versus Donovan DJ. Alex Shelley and Jay White versus All Night Express. That's like 2000. Mark. That's 2016, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, you nailed it. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know. Silas Young is nothing now, eh? Well, not in AEW. There it is. It. Adam Cole, baby, pin. I guess that's better than nothing. And you finally got something positive for Adam Cole. Finally, after all this time. It's been a year. I'm going to watch this DVD, The Road to Final Battle. You, you got two oh. things out of Adam Cole, so that's good. And I got two pictures. Oh, boy. It's the second time. The other time was Scarlet and Karrion Cross, and now I got the Nasty Boys with the tag belts. This is Not very bad. underwhelming. Very underwhelming. So what are you going to give it? A I would Yeah. I mean, it's got two Adam Cole things, technically. But of all these I have, uh, this is at least my second DVD, and I have never mm-hmm. watched it. I've never watched them. So the the Iron uh, Sheik shirt has saved it for me. That's it. Yeah. The Iron Sheik shirt. I always like the brawler, the little mini brawler. The DVD. One day I'm gonna sell all these things that I don't want. Uh, uh-huh. Something. But well, next month is masks and paint. So it'll be the Halloween one like last year. Uh-huh. Sting, El Generico, Darby Allen, Gangrel, Dan Housen. Zodiac and the Lucha Brothers. Oh, okay. Well, that sounds promising, but even I'm not excited for that. Besides Sting, but neither here nor there. But that has been the unboxing, the revealing of TW's Pro Wrestling Crate, one of the last maybe Pro Wrestling Crates of 2020 thrust because I don't think he's going to renew his subscription for 2024. So you know, neither here nor there. But I don't even know when it's. It is time to finally give Big Ray Hernandez, the executive producer extraordinaire, what he has been asking for. Episode 175 is dedicated to Big Ray Hernandez. And what are we doing, Reflectionites? We are going to do an episodic episode, but kind of like infuse it and give it a hybrid TW with a pro wrestling spotlight. Because with the, let's say, the buzz of the Netflix series, The Wrestler, starring Al Snow and his co-owner, partner, Matt Jones. It's been critically acclaimed. It's been getting a lot of buzz. It's been getting a lot of press. So it is apropos that we do an episodic episode back from 2000 of an old OVW, Ohio Valley Valley Wrestling TW. And before anything, we got to at least talk about you know, the, the the importance of Ohio Valley Wrestling, because this is the quintessential little engine that could kind of analogy with Ohio Valley Wrestling. T.W., you are looking, you look like you're straining right now, like you're in the toilet. Uh, I'm going to lose my mind on your little AEW fans on that damn hustle page. That's what's going to happen there. 
don't look. See, that's why you, you know I can multitask, I but I can my, keep. I thought it was something else, and I was gonna bring it up on here. Now I'm not. See, it's they're it's, too easily pulled. They're too easily it, strings are pulled on them. But but anyway, did you hear what I said? Right. I heard it, and now I forgot what you said because I was listening with one ear and writing that shit. This this, this is the problem. This is the problem. You said we're Again. doing a spotlight and. Uh, it's an it's the, an infusion of a spotlight, infusion. but we're yes. going to talk about a, a, an episodic episode from the 2000s of OVW. But what I said before, you know, you got so like you was hypnotized. But anyway, neither here nor there. You uh, was hypnotized. Whatever. You want to meet him in person and just slap him all in the sense. Again, neither here nor there. But we're going to talk about Ohio Valley Wrestling. And my analogy for Ohio Valley Wrestling, TW, is the quintessential little engine that could. From 1993 to 2020 thrust, that is 30 years right there, TW. You know, Ohio Valley Wrestling is probably the last sort of territory, you could say, because they tried to do things in Kentucky or they tried to do anything in the state of Kentucky where they travel. They're not, you know, augmented into one arena, which is the Danny Davis Arena, but that is their home, home HQ, if you will. But from what I saw with, with the wrestler, you know, the co-owner, Matt Jones, has kind of like, you know, did the traditions of previous ownerships like Danny Davis, like, you know, matchmaker Jim Cornette. And we'll talk about that in a second. But he tries to, like, give out those those road shows at Kentucky fairs and all that stuff so he can get people, you know, attracted to the, the product, if you will. But OVWTW, again... I'm surprised you wasn't. Was you there? Did you do one? You know, it's funny. As I was going to ask you, was OVW strictly uh, developmental? Like everyone working there was a WWE guy, but they weren't because it just dawned on me as you were talking about it. Uh, Les Thatcher ran it in the '90s, right? Mm-hmm. And it was so a it match- was a product. It was a product of the National Wrestling Alliance for talent exchanges at the first juncture, which right. probably that was Les Thatcher. Then in the 2000s. Then it became sort of like a developmental. It was the first performance center for the WWE, right? Ran right. by Jim I, Cornette and all that stuff. And then after the and everything after two thousand ten, I don't know. Them, I wrestled for them, and it would have been probably when. What year did D. Little Brown go to WWE? The that would be a kind of maybe 97. Okay, so in 96, 97, he went to WWE. That means 95, 96 is when he did Smoky Mountain. So he was supposed to wrestle for OVW for Les Thatcher, and he got booked in Puerto Rico from wrestling for Smoky Mountain. So I replaced D'Lo for it. But I didn't realize it was Ohio Valley, because back then you didn't know what the fuck that meant, right? Like, I didn't know it was a developmental for anybody, but I know they did a lot with Smoky Mountain or, or at least – southern stuff down there and i wrestled casey thunder the headbangers were on the show it was right before they signed with wwe or right at yeah it was right before i don't know maybe they were i don't whatever but it was in kentucky so Mm -hmm. all these years i never thought of it as ohio valley wrestling i thought i was just wrestling for some promotion in kentucky but then since then i found out les thatcher ran it and it was his baby or whatever and he was cool to me. He was a nice guy. Uh, some stuff happened with the headbangers and a fan that was not good. Um, not nothing like me too shit, like spitting on a kid's fan, uh, uh-huh. trying to get an autograph and they frowned on that, which that's what heels were doing back then. So I didn't, you know, but they were mean about it. But anyway, I wrestled for him. But when I was watching this episode, I kept thinking 
man, why didn't I try to wrestle for these guys? Because 2000, I was still going pretty good. And if this episode was any indication, they could have used Los Rudos because their tag teams yeah. are pretty, uh, pretty sharp. If you look at them. Well, that, that's the thing. Again, like I said, the 90s was the NWA Smoky Mountain connection of OVW in terms of talent exchanges and stuff like that. I don't think they were developmental, but what what I got from this, and of course, if you didn't, wa- I don't, you didn't watch the, the documentary, right, TW? Not yet, no. Well, knowing what OVW represents, OVW's, you know, moniker reflection is they groom the stars of tomorrow, or they kind of like give, let's say, a reboot for the stars of the past so they can get retread. Because it, even in this episode, Reflectionites, you know, what the beauty of OBW is, is to hone in the skills of wrestlers who, you know, probably, you know, there's nerves on the main roster, if you will, or, you know, they really, they made a big, huge investment. One name comes to mind is Mark Henry, because, again, they signed him to a huge deal after his Olympic strongman per, uh, persona, the reputation, the gold medal, all that stuff. But he was so green in the ring, TW. So what did you do? Vince McMahon sent him down to OVW, so this way Jim Cornette can mold him and teach him the finer points, the fundamentals, quote-unquote, reflectionites. So... And now Mark Hendry is a Hall of Famer, multiple-time champion after that. But you needed something like that. And the, and the positives of OVWTW is the difference between the Performance Center in Florida and OVW itself is the Performance Center has paying customers. Uh, you know, you have, you know, consumers that can, you know, judge the wrestler that they're, they're invested in to a degree. And then you can get yay or nay on that. What say UTW about the, the advantages of OVW in comparison to the Performance Center? Oh, Performance Center is the one that's not paying. Right. Yeah, OVW was, yeah, it was a, it was a outlaw. No, but promotion. I'm just saying there's paying customers to actually see the talent and give you an a, a honest assessment instead of Performance Centers and just people with, you know, in the wrestling bubble, like looking at your performance without, right. you know, using psychology you, you know, get, getting, you get to, it's like a house show. It's like mm-hmm. a house show, which they still do, but they don't do nearly as much as they did in the eighties and the nineties. That's where you get the trial and error. You get to try stuff and find out if it works or not. And if it does, you'll mm-hmm. know it because people come back. And if, if it ain't working, people aren't going to come back. So that's what you really can judge it on is how many people show up to watch the show. And if the, the attendance windows, then you got to do something to change it. And that usually means different people or whatever. But, yeah, it's it's live bullets. Nothing is is nothing is better for you than experience if you want to get better at something. So if you're talking performance center where you're just going in there and basically bumping around for eight guys walking around the ring evaluating you, that that shit is nerves. That's. I mean, not that there would be nerves in front of an audience, but but if you're doing it like Mark Henry's in one of these matches, and he's he now is he green? He looks different. It's he has got like this generic look to him, but mm-hmm. you know he's mostly bumping. You know, maybe he does a couple body slams or whatever. But that's the stuff you got to get down because if you do it live in front of an audience and it doesn't look good, you're you're dead in the water. You're not gonna probably even overcome mm-hmm. it. Whereas if you do that in the performance center. Someone can say, hey, man, do it this way. Do it this way. And and I think I told you this before. When I was training to wrestle, nothing hurt. 
nothing other than Scott Demore's knee drops. Mm-hmm. And and if because I had adrenaline. Once I wrestled in front of an audience and there was people cheering and booing what I did, the next time I went to the performance center, the school, everything hurt from that day forward. And that's how you slowly stop going to the wrestling school. Because I remember when I first signed up thinking, do I go here for 12 weeks and then I'm just thrown to the curb? Like I thought I was going to want to train forever. Mm-hmm. Until you start wrestling, then you're like, I don't, I don't need to go back there. I'm learning in the ring now. And in hindsight, I wish I'd have still gone some, just not as much as I was going when I was training to have my first match. But yeah, it's definitely better to do it. And 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 I think you, you didn't mean performance center, meaning the live on is. You meant the performance center where they're teaching them. Yeah, where they're teaching them. Yeah, I, but that's OB Tub, but OBW. And this is more of the Jim Cornette era because there's two eras. Because, again, the NWA OVW era reflection is different because they were in conjunction with them running shows and being the territory, trying to create a syndicate again like the good old boy days. But it just didn't work because of the, you know, the monster that was WCW, the monster that was WWE because everybody wanted to go there. So, you know, you couldn't create the territory system anymore. Just doesn't work no more. But. Reflection as we're going to focus a little bit more on the 2000s and the WWE uh, relationship with OVW. And TW, that is where, you know, where Vince McMahon knew he needed a feeder system. Of course, he had his relationship with Jerry Jarrett. He had his relationship with Jerry Lawler and the Memphis territory, if you will. But Memphis was going out of business. So who comes along? Jim Cornette was actually and the story is funny because Jim Cornette actually says this himself he was looking forward to going to OVW he was looking forward to going back to Louisville because he hated Stanford Connecticut he hated to, to travel you know the highways and byways TW you know 300 you know days out of the out of the year and all that stuff and Jim Cornette was like this was heaven for him because he gets back to what he loves to do and that is mold young talent. And Reflection Ice, I'm going to say a little diatribe, and maybe TW wants to expound on it if he wants, or maybe he might disagree. But, no, he, he'll agree with this. But I hate the trolls with when it comes to Jim Cornette. Again, I'm not talking about, you know, people can have his, people can view his political stuff and have differences of opinion. I don't care about his liberal or conservative shit, whatever. That's TW's department. But I don't care about the, the racist stuff because, again, that's subjective to anybody because I've heard I've heard all the stuff that he, you know, the reputation, all that stuff. Again, neither here nor there. But the one trolling comment, T.W., you know that you hear about Jim Cornette is like, you know, in comparison to Tony Khan and stuff like that. Well, Jim Cornette, well, Smoky Mountain went out of business. Smoky Mountain didn't do didn't go as big as AEW. Jim Cornette wasn't looking to get big. Reflectionites. I'm trying. I want to teach you all this. Jim Cornette wanted to keep the business flowing. Jim Cornette wanted to groom the next stars so they can go to WCW, so they can go to WWE. He loves to nurture young talent to get to the next level. That's his bread and butter. He's teaching the guys and gals the basic fundamentals. So this way, when they get to the main roster, they are wrestling. They are TV ready, if you will. He loves that shit. And Smokey Mountain was was successful to a degree because he produced those stars that you saw in the Attitude Era, that you saw during the Monday Night Wars. And with this episode, Reflection Nights, 
He produced some people that are going to become first ballot Hall of Famers. The cast, the character TW is infinite. The best Mount Rushmore OVW class ever in existence. Brock Lesnar, Randy Orton, John Cena, Shelton Benjamin. We even got Rob Conway. Got Rico Constantino. We got Nick Dinsmore. Should Eugene. I keep going? Who became Eugene? So what say you, TW, about the the trolling comments of Jim of of Jim Cornette? I know the political. You agree the, with the me, reason but... I raised my hand is I one thousand percent disagree with him politically. I one thousand percent think he has no clue what he's talking about half the time. I believe he talks out of his ass when it comes to politics, and it's all emotion. There's, there's a reason why they say bleeding heart. But I also think him and Bruce Springsteen and all these other entertainers, I think they do it because they think their fan base are liberals. And they do it to be their hero, right? Okay. That's, that's a whole other thing. I don't care about his politics. But when it comes to wrestling... I agree with you with Smoky Mountain. He didn't want some. He didn't want WWE 2.0. He wanted somewhere where a he could stay there and live and be grabbing the daily paper and drinking his coffee in the same house every day, but also mm -hmm. to make a living and also make a living for the boys and the girls because they had women wrestlers too, and just just basically a nice little whatever. That turned into Al Snow, that turned into D'Lo Brown, that turned into Kane, that turned into uh, the Heavenly Bodies going in and, and all that. He churned out people who went on to become big. And 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 that's before OVW. That was Smoky Mountain doing that, right? Mm -hmm. While also yeah. bringing in the Rock and Roll Express and bringing in the Midnight Express and bringing in himself. But here's the thing that I don't like about the, the usual suspects. If Jim Cornette criticizes WWE, they're up his ass and agreeing. If he criticizes AEW, he's old. Wrestling's passing by. He wants it to be like the old days. He just not. No. 99% of Jim Cornette's wrestling critiques of WWE and AEW, I absolutely agree with. Almost every single time. Now, mm -hmm. when he gets all personal and shit and stuff like that, I. I block that out. That don't matter to me. But when he's making an objective opinion, he's stating his objective opinion, it's usually warranted with merit that what he's talking about, you might disagree with it, but you at least have to acknowledge he he has a point. Whether you disagree with what he's saying is that point. If you don't, then and, you clearly do not know wrestling and you're only disagreeing because it's him. And, and to also expound on that, I mean... How can you disagree with someone who's been in the business for 40 plus years? He because is you say he's old. old, he's passed him by, and wrestling's not like it was back then. I get that point, but again, you know, no, they're, they're it's certain not true. It's still the same fundamental business. Right. You change it at times. Hollywood movies today are not made the way they were made in 1950, but they got the same fucking logic attached to them. Make money. Right. That's the mm -hmm. logic. And if it ain't yeah. making money, don't make it. Yeah, and that's the thing that that's the funniest trolling comment with Jim Cornette that he didn't make. You know, he, he you know, Smoky Mountain didn't get to AEW level again. He wasn't trying to. OVW. Right. He, he wasn't also didn't trying have to a get billionaire dead. 
Right, that too, and and all that stuff. So you know, again, we're not going into the history of history nautics. I should we might do a spotlight on Jim Cornette just so this way we can shut up shut up a lot of the trolls. But again, we will give you a little bit of the clip notes here. But let's stick to the uh, OVW uh you know line of history here, TW, because it is funny because his history lasted from ninety nine to two thousand five. So I guess with that. Being said, six years is still a long time, maybe for some people. But he went to Ring of Honor, didn't he? No, he he kind of like you know went back home and then he did the indie tours because then you know they paid him money, but it wasn't like he had a contract. He didn't have that Ring of Honor contract till about 2010 when they needed okay. him for the Sinclair deal. But again, I understand where you were going with that. But let's focus on the Jim Cornette years again with the cast of characters. So again. We're going to talk about this episode a little bit in in more detail as best as we can. Again, it's not really about the episode, TW, but there was a theme to it. So we're going to talk about an episode from July of 2000, Reflection Nights. And this episode, we call it the Go Home Show episode, Reflection Nights, because they were promoting a lot of shit for their big summer blast, 2000, at the Louisville Gardens. And the one thing, TW, that people forget about Jim Cornette, especially with this relationship that he, the the connections and the networking that he had. If you look at the difference reflection ice between what Al Snow and his co-owner, Matt Jones, the, the trials and tribulations and the problems that he had, Jim Cornette had great relationships, TW, because he had the Louisville Gardens in his back pocket. He had radio stations in his back pocket because people wanted to work in conjunction with, with uh, Jim Cornette. I think advertising was a little bit easier to deal with with Jim Cornette than it is with Al Snow and this guy because, again, the, the co-owner, I have to merge the, the past with the present because when you're dealing with Jim Cornette, he is, I guess you could say he's a national treasure, TW, in Louisville, Kentucky because, you know, he's like, I'm not going to say he's the Elvis because, but he's probably one of the he's top. The Jerry Lawler. <laughs> he could be the Jerry Lawler of Louisville, Kentucky. So he, you know, he has that kind of like, you know, status, if you will. If you, if you, you know, Memphis is Elvis and Jerry Lawler. So Louisville, Kentucky is, he's probably top five. So you could say of known figures of Louisville, Kentucky. Again, I'm not going with the Hollywood connection, but at least with this. But again, what say you, TW? Because there is a difference because Al Snow had difficulties getting that marketing sponsorship deals in 2020 threats, when you have the, the streaming, you know, the streaming platforms, when you have Instagram, you have Facebook, you have Twitter, you have all these social media, you know, avant-garde, if you will, at your feet. But Jim Cornette was doing the good old fashioned bootstraps of getting the deals with the radio stations of getting the deals with like maybe the Louisville paper, new newspaper and getting the deals with the Louisville gardens. I'm not saying he was getting 10,000 people at the Louisville Gardens, but I know he said it on his radio show. He got like 2,000. He got 2,000, maybe 2,500, 3,000 at the Louisville Gardens. In comparison to what Al Snow, they were struggling to get 200 people at the Danny Davis Arena for one of their biggest shows in 2020 Thrust. He got 2,000 in the Louisville Gardens for an OVW show. So let's say about the differences between Jim Cornette and maybe Al Snow and, and his new co-owner partner. Well, for one, it's a different day and era, right? So mm -hmm. around this time, WCW is about to go bye-bye. ECW is about to go bye-bye. So it's almost like 
almost a, a reboot for the wrestling business. You got WWE that's not going anywhere, and you got these other ones in flux putting out shit. Either ECW just wasn't putting out shit, or WCW was putting out garbage. So you have all these people that wanted better, right? And we all, mm-hmm. we already know the people that are going to go to this kind of stuff are the people that are fed up with WWE in the first place. Uh, and then you got all this other stuff. What surprises me is I wrestled for Al Snow all the time in Lima. And he's right. the guy who, you know, some of my closest friends from Lima, Ohio that I met are guys in radio because all you got to do is go to the radio and say, hey, man, you want to be on the show? Fuck. They're going to say yeah every time someone in this episode, there's I don't know which guys on the radio. There's two radio. There's two radio. There's two radio DJs from two different stations. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah, And so what happens is like JB. He's he's the program director down there when he used to be on air personality. Mm-hmm. Um, my buddy, I call him Gil Hicks, but uh, Jim the Ride Hyatt. He's now in San Diego as a program director, but he was the program director back when I was in Lyme all the time. And uh, they're legit friends of mine. Like obviously, time and chance, we're more old friends than we are current friends. But if mm-hmm. those guys invited me to something, I could make it. I'd go, and they would absolutely invite me to something. If that makes sense. But okay. and I keep in touch. I just talked to both of them recently. But it was so so much funner doing these Lima shows. First for Al, then for Wayne Kreiderman when Al got signed with WWE. Al still owned it, but Wayne ran it. Um, and then D'Lo helped run it. Um, it was so much funner doing those shows because we always mingled with the radio people, right? And uh-huh. so what those radio guys did, they would do spots from the show, live you know, spots. They, they were going to hire me for 92 Zoo because I got to be friends with so many of them. They wanted me to come down on like the Friday before a show, and they'd pay me to go do like uh, Toys R Us in – inside Toys R Us uh, spot to promote the show and uh-huh. tell everybody come down, meet me or come, you know, whatever. And I almost did it, but I just, I didn't, I would always be wrestling somewhere else on Friday. So I couldn't always wrestle, uh, you know, in Lima and still make it down on Friday. But uh, anyhow, it was always funner to do those shows because every other show I did was somebody who ran in the same building once a month with the same 20 people coming to watch with the same, whatever. They didn't add to anything. They didn't take away anything. It was just the same. And when you did Lima and you were down there with the radio people, it was like, it felt bigger. You know what I mean? Even though it wasn't much bigger, it just felt bigger. And, you know. Wait, can I uh, interrupt you for a second? Because it actually correlates with the wrestler documentary. I just wanted to point this out because in in this uh, series, TW, I know you didn't watch it, but one of the biggest, one of the biggest kind of like battles between Al Snow and his co-owner partner is the mentality because because his co-owner partner is the guy from the radio junket circuit. But Al Snow kind of like gives that same kind of answer when it when it comes to like other people who are not hip to the business, quote unquote. Like you mm-hmm. think you know what's going on. It's the same thing like Tony Khan is the same thing like we talked about with like Rob Black and the uh and the ex- xpw episode they're marks for the business but they don't know the business internally and that's why al snow kind of like has you know they have uh, ideological battles if you will like how a show is supposed to be but matt jones is saying well al your way is not working because we got to change with the times and i was saying like i've been in this business for 40 years so i know what works like you said you know the there's still some fundamental things even though you change with the times but there's still some fundamental logics i just wanted to say good for 
good yeah. versus evil. That's that's mm-hmm. the logic. So, so now that you told me that, that therein lies the rub right there, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't have one dude making the decisions, you're spending way too much time wasted arguing over what the decision is going to be. And Al, one side absolutely should give in to this guy. But the other thing is, I'm going to guess that guy is 51 and Al's 49 if this guy's getting his way. Um, I don't know his Al, age, but they, he was a, he's a radio no, personality no, no. in Percentage Kentucky. owner. Percentage oh. ownership. Not, oh, yeah. Not, yeah. That guy's got more of an ownership than Al is what I'm saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason, because Al, I've wrestled for Al. Al is absolutely stubborn. And, and mm-hmm. again, he drew in Lima. Like, the building only held, you know, so many hundred, but they were there. It wasn't empty. And then mm-hmm. we moved to the town hall or whatever the hell it was like. I called it their Cobo Hall. It wasn't as big as Cobo Hall, but it felt like it when I was wrestling there. It was awesome. And mm-hmm. it, it consistently grew. And that scene is still alive today with war wrestling that Rick Vickery, he knows about. They're still going down there in Lima. And they do. And this is what Al did. He did Lima at the school. But then he did all these farm or farms uh, festivals. We would wrestle at these outdoor festivals. All summer long, man. And we would go back mm-hmm. to the Lima Community Center in the fall and end in the spring because we started doing all these outdoor shows. So Al knows what he's doing. And that's why I was surprised that if 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 Jim Cornette's getting the radio involved, how's Al not? Because Al's the one that taught me that part of it. He's the reason I know that because mm-hmm. now you, you know, explain it. This other guy is trying to do it how music does it or how program directors do it. And it's not, it doesn't work for wrestling that way. You, you gotta, it, it is different, man. So I'm definitely going to watch that, that, that show. And uh, it's a series. It's not one, two hour. Yeah, documentary. It's a, it's a seven uh, part series, like an hour. That's, pr- that's probably why I haven't watched it yet. Cause mm-hmm. I just told my daughters earlier, I'm like, why is everything a limited series now? Just give me one fucking 45 minute episode. I, I have yet to watch an AEW WWE biography because they're two hours long. I ain't got two hours attention span. I need 45 minutes without commercial. You know this. You gotta, you gotta have your popcorn, you gotta have your sodas, and you gotta have your ch- rocking chair ready, and then you got seven hours to kill. That's called binge watching. Here's, here's the here's the ironic part. This is this is me gonna contradict everything I just said. If I didn't go into it looking at it as I gotta give this thing seven hours. The more mm-hmm. than likelihood is I would you watch one it. episode and I'd blink and I'd be four four episodes deep and I'd be sitting there watching it wanting more. But it's the whole there's so much shit that I gotta watch. I just told you earlier, last week I deleted every hour of AEW that I recorded because now that Adam Cole's done, ironically, there's a new Adam that might save it for me. That's uh-huh. gonna make me watch it again. But once Adam Cole got hurt, it was just like I love MGF. MJF, but not enough to watch five hours of, of which he's not on three of, right? So mm-hmm. uh, sometimes he's on collision. But anyway, if Al Snow and this guy can get on the same page, what they need to do is the Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons approach, where one of them handles the marketing, the other one handles the 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 show, and that's why Kiss is still here fifty years later. Paul handles the stuff that matters, the band stuff. Gene's the one doing all the merch. Well, so I, I said I they said did that. Right, but I said this to within our fa- uh, Facebook uh, chat group with you and uh, Big Ray and JB. I said with this series, I called it a workshoot documentary because right, yep, I remember you saying that because there was a reason for this documentary. Because again, the reality hit Al. the 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 reality hit, hit Al and his co-owner partner. 
they weren't drawing even by his name alone. They weren't drawing by, you know, by the, the radio DJ, you know, being, you know, one of the top 10, well, top 10 actually sucks for a state, but being maybe top three TJs in Louisville, Kentucky. You if you're not, if you're not getting people and asses in seats for a place that, you know, holds 250 people, there's a problem there. And again, like I said, in the difference in the 2000s is the name Jim Cornette alone reflectionites. And again, with the feeder system, and I, and I think the big big difference between now and then is I think 2023, you know, the history of OVWTW is they were part of the NWA for a couple of years. They were part of a, what you would call it, WWE's feeder system for a couple of years. Then I think Impact maybe kind of got in there in the, in the 2010s, and now they're kind of solo. I don't know. Maybe in the documentary series, they wanted to do something with AEW. So maybe AEW might, you know, put an olive branch out there to be a feeder system for them because of hell, Tony Khan needs, uh, you know, he has a limited roster. He needs more, he needs more asses. He needs more faces. He needs more boys and girls to wrestle for collision. He's got too much. He's got too much, CW. Again, AEW needs a feeder system now. But so what's AETW? Because again, OBW's identity has changed with certain you know, sections of its history, because again, from NWA, WWE, Impact, and now maybe AEW, again, it's not, it's not official, but they weren't a feeder system in the NWA days. They were in the WWE days, they were in the Impact days, and now they could be in the AEW days. So for talent coming in there, TW, what say you about the mentality of talent, knowing that if I go to OVW and I, you know, do really well. Maybe Tony Khan's going to give me a call. Maybe Vince McMahon or Triple H is going to give me a call. What's say about that mentality for the wrestler going to OVW? Because, again, you like you say, it's a hot dog and a handshake in the indies. The money's not fair. So what's say you're going to sacrifice a lot to go to OVW for this purpose? So this this is what I discovered watching this. Um, there was a – we had a oh – man, a, I, 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 I get emotional talking about – we had a pretty awesome crew in Lyme, Ohio, right? Um, mm -hmm. A lot of the guys went on to at least piggyback with other things. You know, Danny Daniels, he was Devin Daniels, and he became Danny Daniels because of Devin Storm, but he was a referee for ECW. That was Travis's right. partner. Uh, so Danny went on to do stuff. He's running stuff in Chicago now. Um, Brian Ireland looks like a little Chris Benoit. He did a lot of German tours and stuff like that. Elvis Elliott. Was this close to signing with WWE when he was with Sin Bodhi? They were called, he was called Helvis. Um, he almost got there. Um, so there's, but one of the guys is Scotty Sabre. And he's always been a sweetheart. He was awesome to be around when we were wrestling in Lima. And he used to always mention to me, yeah, I'm doing this stuff in Ohio Valley. And I just didn't know what it was. And so I didn't give it much thought. I was happy for him. It sounded like he was at least busy, and he would always tell me, yeah, Terry Taylor got me in. He's Terry Taylor was a fan of Scotty's, and just such a sweetheart of a guy. Still talk to him to this day on Facebook. We'll interact. He's a Steelers fan, so I got to him, give him shit for that. But um, So when I watched his show, I had no idea that this is what he was doing. And not only was he doing it, he was the tag team champion with BJ Payne, which I think oh, was the, the pain, name. The pain, the pain thrillers. They were the Southern yeah. tag team champions, yeah. Scotty Saber and BJ Payne, and and that was one of my buddies, and he was always he came around after he was one of the later classes of Al's. Um, but 
had I paid more attention to Scotty, had I listened more around town and found out what Ohio Valley was, I probably would have tried to go there. And and I already loved Lima. So I would have just lived in Lima with Elvis and Brian and, and little Dan. And I would have just traveled to the OVW stuff from Lima. But I never even tried because I didn't know about it. Right. And, mm-hmm. and again, it was pre-developmental, but it still, like I said, I wrestled for in, in place of D'Lo once there. And less like me, I just never, ever went back. I never tried. They never called me because um, D'Lo ended up signing with WWE. And I think Wayne only got booked because D'Lo got booked. So that's that it all fell apart when D'Lo signed with WWE for us. But uh, I'm, I'm confused, TW. It, it Maybe you never heard of Ohio Valley Wrestling? or just- I heard of it after. When I was actually wrestling in 2000, when I see this video and I see Scotty Saber, I think, why was I not there? Like what? Because I, I did not there know was, about There it. was still there was sky pages. There was beepers. I mean, there was still certain ways of communication and, and television. I had, dude, I just you, you get in your bubble, man. I wrestled in the same places all the time. And like I said, it was part so of me that I, was going to reach out. To I guess the money was just the money was reasonable where you was. So you didn't really want to like leave that. Well, Is not that not just that, but I didn't know about it. And Uh-oh. and I was this close in 97, 98 to moving to Lima, Ohio. I was going to move down there with the boys and live in one of them flop houses they lived in. But mm-hmm. I didn't because I it was always I had a girlfriend or my ex-wife. You know, d- d- listen. If anybody's listening to this and they want to be a pro wrestler, I said this before over the years. I'm going to say it again. If you want to be one, don't have a girlfriend. Or in your case, professor, a boyfriend. If you want to chase that referee dream, be single. Because Not Mm -hmm. because you're going to be out there living this debaucherous life. Still, you're going to live the Christian way, at least try to. But Mm -hmm. you don't want... Uh, it's 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 horrible to say. It's actually referenced in the Bible. Anyone who can't leave their mother and father behind and walk with me, don't walk with me, because this is what it takes, right? That's yeah. how it is. If you want to do this, you can't have something back home pulling at you. And if you do, those are the guys that make it versus the guys that don't. The ones that can cut bait. You know? On a very special what if, Reflectionites. What if uh, T.W. didn't have a girlfriend and moved to Lima, Ohio? We we're gonna book yeah. it. That, we're gonna try to book that. That's gonna be a future what if episode. But neither here nor there. So now well, Rudolph, you'd you'd be doing shows about me and Rico as your favorite tag team in ECW. That's what would have happened if I didn't have a damn. I, I, I probably see. We're already booking what if right now. We haven't. We're yeah. not even doing it. But again, <laughs> we're doing a lot of things with this episode, Ray. We're doing a we're doing a spotlight. We're do, we're gonna talk about the episode a little bit. You need to hear that. And we got a what if. You got three shows in one. But anyway. Let's try to focus on this July 2000 episode again. And you're going to talk about, you already talked about two guys that you, you actually like came up with, with Scotty Saber and BJ Payne, the pain thrillers. They I were, don't know they, BJ Payne, but I say, I know the name. I think because no. what I did when we watched, when I watched this, I kept looking up the guys to see, why don't mm-hmm. I know who this guy is? Why don't, but I might be thinking BJ Whitmer is might be what, what I'm thinking. Oh. I'm not and bull pain. Just, it sound like this, the, the names, but I didn't know him personally. But I did know. I do know Scotty Saber. Okay, well that that's fair. But within this episode reflection, the only thing that I'll nitpick and the only thing I'll be a little bit like critical of TW is with Jim Cornette being commentator alongside with Dave Hill, who had a fucked up toupee. But again, you got. Oh my dude, I thought it was a rib the whole time. It looked like a toupee. I don't know, but that's a bad comb over. It was but a full-on wig. It was not a toupee. But it, a but again, wig. but I want to say this, TW. The the commentary. I 
the commentary team of Jim Cornette and David Hill was horrific, horrendous, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And the reason is, for me, knowing what Jim Cornette is, the character that he is, he's not a lead. He's not a lead play-by-play guy, which he was trying to be in this episode, Reflection Nights. He's a color guy. He's an analyst and all that stuff. And while TW is holding up a CM Punk uh, AEW action figure, and he was a OVW alumnus from 2005 to 2006. But again, neither here nor there. So again, another OVW fact there, TW. But the commentary team was horrible. Again, you have two guys that are trying to be lead play-by-play guys, but Jim Cornette is right. hogging up the spotlight. His voice his voice is not good for being a, a lead play-by-play right. guy. He's a color analyst. And of He's course, a Bobby if, Heenan. Yes, he needs to be the Bobby He needs to be a heel, so this way I can enjoy his commentary moments. Or just be a color guy, so this way, you know, you, you time it. You know, Jim Cornette, you know this. You know the fundamentals. I don't have to teach you this. You should know this. You do not become the, you're not the lead play-by-play guy. You are a color guy. Let Dave Hill be the, the, the lead play-by-play guy. What say UTW about the commentary team of that Dave Hill tells and Jim me, Cornette? That tells me he had pressure for this shit to work, and he didn't <laughs> believe in Dave, and then he just ran him over. Funny thing is, I paid very little attention to the commentary. All I really heard was Jim Cornette. And I like Jim Cornette when he would sit in like on WCW Saturday night and commentate while the Midnight's wrestled or come talk shit while the rock and roll wrestled or whatever. I think he had a run where he was a commentator on WCW, didn't he? Yes. Like him and Jim uh, Ross or something? Main event. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cody Rhodes, yes. Is he alumni from the FCW or OVW? Yeah, he did OVW in 2006. You were a scholar of OVW, man. But I think Jim Cornette doing that, when I looked up and saw that Dave guy, I was like, is this real? And then he got in the ring and interviewed those two radio guys. I'm like, that's a full-on mm-hmm. fucking helmet wig. Like, that's the kind where you hit a button and it just drops over your head. and it does, You don't move it at all. And then you take it off and put it on a mannequin head at the end of the night. But right. the weirder part of even more so is he has this hair that looks like he's ribbing. It looked like when Triple H wore Vince McMahon wig, right? Remember that? That's what it looked like to me mm-hmm. the whole time. But then he's got this damn Raleigh Fingers pure white mustache that doesn't match the hair. If you want people to think it's your real hair, you might want to have the carpet master drapes. And and in uh-huh. in his commentating style, his interview style, it almost came across to me as that Southpaw wrestling, like a rib, like an over-the-top um a caricature of wrestling commentators. And like you said, but, it but was, he was so he heavy was, on Jim Ross. He was real. Th- th- this was yeah. real stuff. So I couldn't I couldn't call it a rib or I couldn't be laughing about it. It was just so bad. That's why I just didn't it was, like it. It was. Cornette wasn't bad when he was. No, he, he, he was too over the top for my liking, and that's why I didn't right. like. No, no, so, no. I said when he's being Cornette, he's okay. It's when all of a sudden he's the matchmaker and he's he's trying to be the voice of reason, babyface. That shit didn't work for me. And mm-hmm. Sin, not Sin Bodie, Sin, who was with uh, the tag team that lost to the pain. Is that pain is that Jim Cornette's, Cornette's wife? Because that that's, I, that's what I was gonna ask you. Her name was yeah, she, yeah. That's what I was thinking, little chubby butterball looking chick. It, it so it, looks like Jim Cornette's wife. Like, I wouldn't how be... did this chick get on TV? And how yeah. is she Batista's valet? That's I'm like, 
this is this reeks of cornet cronyism here. We'll, we'll, we'll see, TW, that that girl, if that is Jim Cornette's wife or whatever, debunks your philosophy of don't having a relationship. You just have to get a relationship within the business. But neither you know that. But go ahead. Once TW. you're in it, once you're in it, I'm talking about when you're trying to get a job. Well, that she was trying to get a job too. I'm just saying. But neither he nor there. But. You know, again, I have my reservations with the commentary team. That's my little nitpick there, Reflection Ice. If you agree with that, you or, it, again, I understand, TW, that Jim Cornette had many hats in OVW because, again, not only he, is he one of the commentators, he's one of the executive producers. You know, Jim Cornette wears – Jim Cornette, I don't know if he liked it or he just was – you know how that old saying is if, you know, you can't – if you can't – you can only trust yourself with certain things. If he had to be the play-by-play guy, if he has to be the executive producer, he has to be the matchmaker, he has to be the marketing, you know, marketing uh, salesman himself. Tw, he he wore a lot of hats for OVW, but again, like you said, it, it's localized. He could go home and relax for himself and and his family. But what's ATW about the the pressures? Not only again with Smoky Mountain, but with OVW wearing these many hats and responsibilities, it kind of takes a toll. It took a toll on Paul Heyman when it was ECW and he was trying to go national. Jim Cornette's not trying to go national. He's just trying to, you know, keep the lights on. What say you, TW, about that? Right. He just, he, he's another one that loves the business. He just, he wants that to be his life. That's why he's doing podcasts now. He's not equipped to sell cars or do whatever. And apparently mm-hmm. he's not equipped for the road. And there's the infamous... Jack in the box drive through where he orders 40 burgers or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. So he definitely is short of patience. I was just looking him up trying to figure out his wife's name is Stacy Goff. And when I, when I Googled um, sin OVW, uh, mm-hmm. it, it brought up that name Stacy. So I think that is her, but I, Oh, okay. It, it, she doesn't have a, a Wikipedia. Hold on. Preview. Cornette and his longtime girlfriend, Stacey Goff, were married October 31st, 2007. Goff had previously worked as a manager in Cornette's promotion under the ring name Sin Goff. So, yes, that, she is. Um, that is her? That yeah, is definitely so, her reflection nights. Yeah, so that's her. And I thought it, I, I never met her, but she might have come around. Because Jim Cornette did shows around here, too, just like Paulie, uh, around that ECW time when they were running through here in 94, 95. But... But Cornette, he. This is why. Again, I just I laugh at the. But uh, but 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 again, he he does, I know what, I know what you want to say, but I think it's just to me, with him and Paul Heyman, there's not a trust factor unless you want to do it yourself. But then right. that puts a oh, lot of onus on yourself. That's everybody. That's yeah. that's Vince right now. Well, n- not really. Khan's not letting nobody else run his shit. He he tried, mm-hmm. and that guy did it better, so he had to go. But uh, mm-hmm. but you 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 know what? For every guy that you see doing this, it's because they got burned by somebody else. That's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. And you know, for example, the Von Erichs, the Gagnes, the reason their kids are champions is because they're not going to desert them and go to New York, right? So if if you know, everyone's trying to do it now, where the promotion is is the focal point, not any one wrestler. Uh, but mm-hmm. no one's succeeding, right? Like it, at some point, you have to have multiple guys that are larger than life. Because if you don't, why do people care? Why, if 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 it doesn't matter who's wrestling when you watch it, then 
why does it matter if I miss a week? Does that make sense? Yeah. Whereas I'm watching wrestling I need, right now. I need investment. I need an investment right. to watch and it. And I'm watching wrestling right now. The only reason I watch SmackDown is to see L.A. Knight. Once I see him, I fast forward through everything else. And if something else catches my eye, I'll stop fast forwarding. But he's the reason I do it. Mm-hmm. Raw, it's Cody. And once Cody's done, actually Raw, I'm a little bit more of a fan of because I like Cody. I like Judgment Day. I actually like Judgment Day a lot. I just found out today that Damian Priest is 42 years old and it blew my freaking mind. I thought that dude was late 20s, early 30s. No, nah, he's been in the business 40. for many years. He's he's the oldest um, NXT champion at 37 years old when he won it. And he's I was been in the business for a while. NXT yeah. Not North NXT American champion, North American. Uh, blew my mind, and and, and he's, mm-hmm. he looks great. So if right. they got a problem with LA Knight being forty, <laughs> they sure don't have a problem with Damian Priest being forty-two. So I think a lot of that's much to do about nothing. But but my point is, if you're gonna watch something, Cornette is the star. He is the reason you watch OVW, and he has to be because once you see Leviathan, who by the way looked like a million bucks. I don't understand how he ended up with hair again, right? Like, it's weird. Batista went from being this monster to being this pretty boy that was a monster. It's just weird. That Leviathan look is next level. and But he's gone. As soon as he gets over, he's gone. That's the whole point of the promotion, right? Right. Um, so you, 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 but you know what? No offense to my buddy Scotty Sabre, but that tag team of the pain thrillers, they ain't going anywhere. At least not together. You know, Scotty had a nice look. He might have got called up at some point, especially having the in with Terry Taylor. But the guy with him, there's a million. Nick Dinsmore. I like him better as Eugene. He looked like the the cookie cutter, everybody that came out in that time when Ted DiBiase Jr., Cody Rhodes, Randy Orton, they all came out looking the same. Hold up for a second, because since you're going to name some names within this episode, Reflectionites. You know, we see the differences between what they what Jim Cornette's vision was in OVW and then what it became. So good two examples, TW, good calls on this was Dave Batista as Leviathan in OVW because he looked like somebody next level Undertaker-ish, next yeah. level Kane-ish, you could Mad say. Mad Max. Fucking he, he was he was no, he was actually in the in the realms of the darkness. That's where Jim Cornette saw this. He Matt Max is t- fucking dark. Have you seen it? No, no, no. I'm talking about, you know, with the Undertaker dark darkness. That 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 yeah. kind of realm of shit. The evil shit. Yeah. But that's where Jim Cornette's vision of Dave Batista was. But Vince switched it with himself and Triple H. And then the, I guess the, Dave Batista is not complaining because that switch worked out better for him because wasn't he first he was deacon batista whatever yeah, he came he was, out with yeah he was the deacon with the devon dudley and that devon. didn't work and then triple h yeah. saw him said i need him for evolution but dave batista you know again the 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 differences between jim Cornette's vision of somebody in ovw and then what parallels into the main roster tw good two names dave batista's one nick dinsmore everybody knows eugene more than nick dinsmore but Nick Dinsmore in the ring, he's called Mr. Wrestling TW in OVW. So he, you know, he's I guess he's Johnny Gargano. Which is a curse. He's, he's Daniel. Which is a curse, he, he's, he's Daniel Bryan. He's he's Kurt Angle. He's trying to be all this stuff. And the funny thing I when I looked at Nick Dinsmore was I found him boring. I, yes. No disrespect. I found him Cookie boring cutter. and generic. He was very yeah. 
the Eugene character gave him purpose. But the problem with the Eugene character gave him character. <laughs> no, no. But, but the problem with the Eugene character is it only had a shelf life. So right. the problem with him is he couldn't like pivot to something else. He had to be retarded for the, the remainder of his Mentally challenged. No, no, I'm going to say retarded. I don't care if <laughs> like, the opinions of what I'm saying is by me and me alone, not TW. He's trying to correct me, but he's wrong. He's retarded. That was what it was. They said it on Can wrong. we at least meet in the middle with mentally retarded? There you go. He was mentally You're not saying retarded. it's a heel on him. You're saying he was representing they a mentally retarded person. They said it on USA. Person. They said it on, on TNN. Mentally retarded, but retarded, retarded, retarded. But anyway, neither here nor there. But TW, what say you? Because again, Jim Cornette had visions of a, of characters in OVW. The 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 one that that like kind of like gives me a great example of the differences is the Basham brothers. Because in OVW they were badasses, but then in WWE it just didn't like you know it just didn't translate. Because I get I think one of them had hair, and then Vince McMahon said, Nah, we need them bald for some strange reason. And Jim Cornette was. He won in the match. Was furious that he like you did, you could have gave me a hair versus hair match. I could have sold three thousand tickets at the Louisville right. Gardens for that shit, and you wasted it for them to just make it on SmackDown for no fucking reason. So what's the ETW about the 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 parallels of what Jim Cornette's vision is? Because even Jim Cornette knows himself, it's not gonna t translate over to the main roster with his vision. He knows that Vince McMahon's gonna tweak it change it or flip it up or whatever the case may be. But when you're responsible with something, when you're, when you're molding that clay of some, of some up and coming untapped potential talent, you, you, you have an ego. I know Jim Cornette has an ego. We all have an ego. My way is the right way. Your way ain't going to make money. So what's ATW about the parallels of that? I would say for one, obviously, if Leviathan was an Undertaker vibe, that's why he got changed, because they're not having two Undertakers. Mm -hmm. Two, the Bastion Brothers, that ring is tiny. That is absolutely uh, 12 by 12, or 12 by 12, maybe even 10 by 10. That was not a big, I hope it's not an 8 by 8, but um, okay. it's very small ring. So, Batista looked like a monster in it. Those Bastion Brothers looked like badasses there because most of the people of their size are smaller. Once you get caught up and you got canes and undertakers and big shows and, and Mark great colleagues and Mark Henry's, they ain't badasses no more. Right. They might be if they're two on one and somebody, but they're not on their own. Right. And they're not mm -hmm. probably even the biggest tag team right. at the time. Um, so you kind of had to, to curb it a little bit because otherwise it's not believable. Like, like, one of the things I hate, and, you know, it's fine if one guy does it, like when Benoit did it, but now you got every little guy doing these power moves to big guys, and it means fuck all, because they all do it. But when, when Benoit superplexes the Yeti at the top rope, it's what you referred to earlier on Facebook, it's that holy shit, nail, feel it, you know, butterfly, or not butterflies, but uh goosebump moment because you're like there's no way he's doing this uh the other night nxt there was a nice little moment uh i forget which one is which but the the more in shape uh brother from the diamond mine oh the, the creed uh, brothers yes i don't know their full the, first names but it's the creed yeah, brothers i know what you're talking jonas about jonas creed or something jo whatever uh jonas and brutus i think but not brutus that's the little otis looking dude the other mm -hmm. one right he's just 
he's belly to belly people and kipping up belly to belly. And then he did both guys at the same time. That big, the, the black Puerto Rican dudes. I don't know their name. I think they played in the NFL. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know their names. I'm not into the NXT 2.5. So I'm not, in, I'm no, not, it's, into it's good. It's that mm-hmm. watch that show. At least that everything on that show was good. Uh, Carmelo mm-hmm. and, and Dragunov, uh, Trick and no, I saw uh, the pay- I saw the pay per view. I just don't know their but names. When he like, did, but- when he did the double to both of them and did the kip up, it was, it was, it was the crowd. Like the crowd even got into his boring ass brother when he did a bunch of like tackles or whatever, and then he took the straps off. But until he gets knee pads, I can't take him serious. But the other one, I think that's the guy who's going to go on to be Kurt Angle level, not as a team, but by himself. The oh. other ones kind of just hold them back. But uh, no offense to him. He's good, too. But he's he did that damn springboard cannonball. And, like, that was a beautiful thing. But but oh. that, that stuff happens in NXT because it's a smaller arena. It's a smaller ring. It's smaller guys. Once you get up on the main roster, you're not that big. You know what I mean? Like, even the Brutus guy, he... Otis ain't even that big. He's so much shorter than everybody that he can't even be the powerhouse on on the main roster that the, the you pres- are. The in, pressures in of OVW, the pressures of NXT are minuscule in comparison right. to the main roster yeah. of SmackDown, yeah. Raw, and AEW, Dynamite, audience. all that stuff. Yeah, that NXT audience is fucking. They're up for all of it, whereas the the main roster is like, uh, fuck this. I'm gonna go buy a twelve dollar fucking pop and an $18 beer when the women wrestle or when someone they don't like wrestles and mm-hmm. it's it sucks because you know like I said at SummerSlam I didn't even know Ronda and Shayna had started their match yet it was that quiet there but but again and, like I said like Jim Cornette you know I'm sure he's his ego is like I'm sure Leviathan could have made you millions of dollars right I'm and sure he probably thought he was right up his alley with merchandise and shit right. too like the the marketing I'm sure Nick Dinsmore could have been Kurt Angle, maybe Kurt Angle's greatest opponent, if you allowed Nick Dinsmore to be the Mr. Wrestling gimmick or something like that. So you know that's a kiss of death, man. There's already been eight thousand Mr. Wrestlings, and and he didn't, he didn't, he did a cool spot where the guy he wrestled got on the top rope. A lot of it looked green, first of all, Mm -hmm. and I can't believe I hadn't said this already. Even Randy Orton. He got two on one by somebody, dirty white trash or something. Also, someone that was never going to leave. OBW. Oh wait, wait. Did, did you notice uh, reflection as before? TW goes on his diatribe, but the jobbers of this particular episode, Leviathan wasn't a jobber. Shelton no. was a jobber. Randy Orton was a jobber. So you know they were paying their due. Randy wrestled in a shirt. It was bad. Yeah, it, it just looked weird. But you know, it's funny to see these guys where they started, where they're paying their dues and all that stuff. Because again, the environment of it is because those, you know, let's say a hundred people in the Danny Davis arena, TW are committed to going to the weekly shows or uh, it has to be weekly, but they're committed. They're the Southern wrestling fans that are, you know, they want the storylines. They know that they're going to get a storyline because reason to come back. Of course, not only that, but Jim Cornette wants to keep that kind of like WCW Saturday Night tradition, a studio show, commentators, you got the little interviews, maybe with, whether it's in the ring or the Eagles Nets, but they're trying to keep that, you know, intimate vibe, but the Southern wrestling environment. So go ahead, TW, with your diatribe. I just wanted to point that out. 
I forgot what I was saying, but the, the no, the, but I, I was saying I was saying like the job was Randy Orton, the job was with Shelton Benjamin, Mark Henry was there for a purpose to you know fine tune his skills. Big Boss oh, Man was in no, this episode the, the, was in this episode because he had nothing to do in the main roster, so he went down. To and the it was a guards. brutal interview. It was one of the worst. It was so redundant and so just it was bad. But all I kept thinking is he's no longer with us. And then I see somebody else. He's no longer with us. I didn't oh, understand yeah. them pushing the referee like he wasn't going to be a wrestler. He's in there throwing punches and bumping around. Somehow he's going to be 100% for the match at the the Coliseum or whatever. The Greensboro. Louisville Gardens. The Louisville, Louisville Garden. Garden. The Garden. That's what they kept saying. Yeah. The Garden. Um, I, I, I liked it. As a matter of fact, when you sent me that link on my phone, it was to that one specific episode. The actual link is 35 episodes. I had to find the mm-hmm. one that you sent me, and luckily it said Mass Superstar, so I was able to to find the right one, and then just kept hitting hitting until Nick Dinsmore was getting in the ring. But a lot of those guys had an obvious look of I work down the street on the dock when I'm not here wrestling, and a lot of guys went on to become something. Like I think every match had someone that inevitably went on to something. It was heavy on the sky. Rob, Con- Rob Conway was there. Rene Dupree yep. was there. So I'm giving out the names reflection. As again, yeah, people- Eugene, Shelton, mm-hmm. uh, Randy Orton, Leviathan. Uh, yep. I never got to. You told me I was going to see Cena. I never saw Cena. Well, I couldn't get everything. So be happy. I gave you Hall of but Famers. What I was going to tell you is, is when I was looking it up, I saw what's what's the guy from Big Brother? Uh, Jesse Goddard's. He was on. Mm-hmm. He was he teamed with the manager from NXT now, uh, Robbie E. Robbie yeah, Robbie E. and, and Rob, Jesse Rob Stone, whatever they call him at Rob, NXT. Yeah, now he's Robert Stone, but mm-hmm. and with Impact he was he was like Jersey Shore. Anyway, yeah. I saw a promo. It was from 2021, I think. He Jesse Goddard's was there, so I'm gonna try to find it because. I'll bet it'll be less. Well, Jesse Goddard is in OVW. Yeah, Jesse Goddard is in OVW. Today's OVW, and he's fighting yeah. EC3 for his NWA title. So you know, EC3 is is yeah, down there. I'm gonna give it a watch. I'm gonna give it a watch. I've been watching that. Wow, I fast forward through a lot of it, but I, I like. I think an hour is a perfect, perfect time for a, a wrestler. That's why, at its peak for me, NXT was. Gold when it no fun no no pun intended when it was mm-hmm. one hour because right. it made you tune in every week because you didn't see someone you wanted to see last week and and that's why takeovers being two hours was perfect because you got to see everybody it felt different than the one hour show there's so much wrestling right now that I almost want to watch something like OVW just so it's just it's not so pompous is that word does that make sense like. Yeah, like I if think one more guy gets in the ring and bashes WWE and AEW, it's just like, come on, man. No, nobody's just, buying it. Just, just, just put it on mute, TW, because every time yeah. you, you're going to hear it, no matter what. From it's, today, it's, 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 it's hollow. And anybody that gets on WWE and just ignores anybody's past, I don't like that either. I get it. You don't want to push the other brand. But I like that. It looks like they're calling her Jade Cargill. But they were mm-hmm. talking about they copyrighted other names. And I'm like, well, they can't call her that now because they just told the world Jade Cargill's coming. So, but yeah, just time, time will tell. But you know what? One more thing, and then we'll put a bow on this OBW episode. I just wanted to, you know, pay homage because, again, I'm a, I'm a Facebook friend for this guy. But it's just more of a passing fancy. But the top heel group of this OBW episode 
is Kenny Bolin Enterprises. And the funny thing about Kenny Bolin is, again, he, he's got a, a mind for the business, TW, but I was just, I guess, you know, what you keep saying just keeps resonating with the professor. He just wants to stay local. So I guess OVW was just too perfect for him. He stayed local. He stayed home, you know, to be with his family. I'm Bolin? not saying Kenny Bolin. Yeah. But I'm not saying that Kenny Bolin could have became Bobby the Brain Heenan of the 2000s again, because, again, Vince McMahon was not really like, you know, he, he didn't want the managers anymore. He just said their time is done. But, you know, with the... the the expansion of the indie scene, ROH is coming up. Combat Zone Wrestling is coming up. Impact Wrestling is coming up. I'm Championship very, Hollywood or whatever. That too. But I'm just saying that Kenny Bolin, he could have been a diamond in the rough for some of these up-and-coming indie, you know, like ROH, that they could have used his, you know, mentality, his psychology, his mind for the business. What's the ATW about Kenny Bolin and the untapped potential that he could have had? Or maybe was he just too local or too southern for those kind of organizations. I think I think that stuff works down there because first of all, it, it's it's much better suited for a live crowd, right? So watching okay. them on TV is not ever really gonna fire anybody up unless you're fucking all in and fucking suspension of disbelief out the window and the TV gets you. But when you're there, it's about the interaction, right? You're not really getting mad at the guy. You're having a good time interacting with the guy and it's made better because it's in person, right? So he's perfect for that. Um, as you said, Vince didn't want managers anymore. I'm going through my head. I'm like, you know, most guys can't talk now. That was the whole purpose of a manager was when dudes couldn't talk. Perfect example of someone who needs a manager now would be Nakamura. Mm -hmm. You know, now they're just having them fucking talk in Japanese and putting transit. Yeah, good luck getting me to read them because I already am playing a game on my phone when it's coming on anyway. But when you when you get someone like Robert Parker or or Sherry Martell, who can talk for guys that are awesome in the ring. But that's yeah, funny because both those people did Harlem Heat, and I didn't mean Harlem Heat is the reason. But uh, mm -hmm. the, the it's just it, it 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 they're necessary, right? I never understood the need for a good guy manager. So even as a kid seeing Bruno, or, uh, Captain Lou with the Bulldogs, it was always weird to me. Like managers cheat. Why do they have one, right? I like managers as heels. I like them talking shit. I like them. You know, but I like the idea of a wrestling manager where they mm -hmm. actually wrestle too, which is what Rico Constantino ended up being with Chuck and Billy. Um, but that guy, I really didn't catch too much of him. I know a guy named John Bolin from the Pittsburgh wrestling area. So I kept hearing Bolin. I was trying to see if it was him, but it's such no. a grainy copy. I couldn't figure out who Bolin was. And I'm like, that ain't him. That ain't him. That ain't him. Because it was a lot of guys. John Bolin had that same. Ironically enough, it was me and Eugene against John Bolin. They had the same Ken, look. Ken, Kenny Bolin managed John Cena, so just in OVW. Right. Mm -hmm. But but by the time <laughs> I figured out he was a manager, they were out of the ring, and that's when I realized it was the what did you call it? The Kenny Bolin Enterprises, or yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. That's when I was like, oh, he was the fucking manager, and I never looked at him, so I didn't really catch him. Um, mm -hmm. Because I was trying to figure out who's this, who's that. And while I was watching it, I looked up the first guy that uh, John something, the guy that Nick, Nick Dinsmore wrestled. I'm like, yeah, he never, he retired in 2015 uh, and started in OVW in 06 or 05, I think it said. But a lot of these guys were nothing. You know, they, they didn't go on anything. And I think that makes. You got to take Randy Orton out of it because he already had his ticket punched by being Bob Orton's kid. 
and also mm-hmm. third generation. So it was if he was any good, he was making it right. And obviously he's pretty good. Um, but Batista, Cena, uh, Eugene, um, there's a couple other ones. All those guys, Sylvain, uh, Rob Conway, they all made it when most of them guys didn't. So that you would think that's a knock on OVW. No, it's not. They're not all diamonds. Mm-hmm. They found the diamonds in the shit. And those right. guys went on to Mark Henry. They, obviously, he was going to make it too because of the, the whole previous gig. You know, that's that's and, and look, at, oh, look at the modern day him. One thing uh, before we close, reflection ice OVW helped Big Show uh, slim yeah. down and yeah. get better with his fundamentals because he said he actually relished going down there. He wasn't he, he first he was a little bit offended because again he came from WCW at the height of it with Hulk Hogan all that stuff. Felt it was a downturn, but he said he loved it. He needed it, you know, and it elongated his career even more. He needed that OBW and training. his promo. He looked excited. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't look like the boss man looked like. The fuck am I doing here? And he just said, "I was that," and it was probably take thirty. Mm-hmm. But he died. Okay, there's another thank you. Thank other you dead guy there too. I can't think of who it was. Thank you for reminding. Oh, me. But- Crash, Crash Holly was referenced a few times. Jesus. Also dead. Thank you. Jesus Christ. But anyway, let's your light go. Is they really did shut the power off in your apartment, didn't they? No, again, the light came to the professor, but now it's all, you know, we're going to the nighttime. It's kind of apropos because now we're going to close. We're going to put a bow on this OVW episode, TW. So what say you, again, you kind of like harp on it, but you kind of like said it, but I want you to expound on it because, again, you know, how do we determine success in OVW, you know, and the percentages? You keep saying the names, but again, let's say out of a hundred people, WWE calls up maybe, I don't know, I'll be nice, 25, one quarter of it, you could say. That's a good batting average in uh, baseball, and it's a good scoring percentage in hockey. So it's horrible in football for passes. (laughs) It is. But what's the 25% of your catches were touchdowns in NFL? That's a pretty good season. Yeah, so what's the UTW? Within the wrestling bubble, because again, people have dreams. Men and women have dreams. So, you know, do you want to be one of that 25% to get the call from Vince or Triple H or from Tony Khan? That's a win for OVW. What say you about, you know, the, the importance of OVW? Because again, everybody is trying to get their shit in, but sometimes, you know, you can go to these armories in cer- certain places. And just because, you know, you can be viral for a couple of days on Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff, that doesn't mean that you're going to be. You know, great on Monday Night Raw or Friday Night SmackDown or Wednesday Night Dynamite or Saturday Night Collision. So what's ATW about the importance of OVW? If you're if you're not there because you want to get called up, then you shouldn't be there. Every single person there. The best promotions I wrestled for, um, Great Lakes Wrestling in, in Westland, Michigan, uh, GWF in Lima, Ohio, MTW in Taylor, Michigan. The best of the best. BCW, how the hell can I... Is because every single match, every person in it, including the ref, the valet, the fucking ring bell person, the time guy that announces five minutes gone by, all of them were on the same page and we all wanted to steal the show. I say that all the time on here. If you're not there to steal the show, Hulk Hogan's not above us. You're not going to get in trouble if you steal the show. You're going to move up it. And so... Mm -hmm. 
these promotions that I wrestled for that I have the nearest and dearest memories for were shows that were awesome because all of us were, you know, even if you had a bad match, the, we, we all pushed each other to be better. So these o OVW guys, look, man, obviously they all didn't make it. The ones that did made it pretty damn big. Uh, and they did so because they wanted the call. And, and like I said, here I am at 50 years old. I haven't wrestled full time since 2005. So mm -hmm. that's 18 years ago is when I stopped wrestling after 11 years of hitting it every weekend. At 50 years old in an 18-year rearview window, if I would have known about this damn place in 2000, I would have been in it. By that Definitely. point, I was with my ex-wife. I, I, she'd have been there with me or we'd have been done and my kids wouldn't exist. So I wouldn't go back and Marty McFly it because I love mm -hmm. my kids. So, of course. But, but in a perfect world, I do it, I make it, and I still have those kids. You know, mm -hmm. so, but it's, it's very important and and that's why I think at some point Tony Khan just has to accept it. I think they need to make Rampage their NXT. And I think they need to only put certain people on there and not put the Young Bucks versus whoever. You got Collision for that now. So Collision should be one half of this Owen Hart tournament and Dynamite the other half and have them meet in the, in the, the pay-per-view and make and make Rampage. How about, how about this? Don't. Not everybody needs to be intersected between ROH and AEW because then you either it turn it in the Ring of Honor, right, and keep them there, or make it only people that wrestle on there. And once you've been on Dynamite or Collision, you're no longer eligible to be on Rampage. I think it will do three things. I don't like the whole brand split idea. I do not. I, I don't want. I, like I loved when Adam Cole and MJF were on Collision after being on Dynamite. I rather that. Um, I don't mind that, but, but I don't want them to be the ROH tag team champions and intersecting no, with a different no, org. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. Put all the Ring of Honor belts on damn Rampage. What's it called? Damage. Rampage should be Ring of Honor. They should just revamp it, and that's it. Those mm -hmm. belts are on there. Claudio, take your ass to Rampage. If you're going to hold that, uh, well, he don't have it no more. Slow Mojo, go there with your TV title. Eddie Kingston, oh, it'd be the greatest day ever because then I'd never watch it and I'd never have to see Eddie Kingston. So, But mm -hmm. if they did that, it's going to do two things. It's going to mm -hmm. thin the over the overstock on both Collision and – and I don't mind having certain guys on Collision more than Dynamite and vice versa, but don't completely separate them. And then you know what happens when you do that? Every week is Ricky Starks versus Brian Danielson. That's what happens. You need to be able to have them wrestle, but maybe have programs on Collision and then their next programs on Dynamite. But if you do Rampage, two things. If it's Ring of Honor or if they just do guys that they don't use often on there, you're going to find out that people like certain people, and then you elevate them. And then you fill uh -huh. in someone else and find out. But if they don't do that and everyone's just a fucking hot potato on any show – no one's ever going to get any traction. No, the same guys are always going to be on top, and it's just going to be—it's going to be blah. It's what it is. It's why give, give what, it more. It's one of the most exciting things every year. People won't admit it because the tribalism you call it—they say they don't watch WWE, let alone NXT. But every year after WrestleMania, what's one of the one thing everyone's waiting for? Two things: the cuts. But what is everyone anticipating right after WrestleMania? Well, it used to be the role after WrestleMania and all that stuff. Right. But what but what are they anticipating 
from that point on. The NXT the, call-ups. The NXT call-ups. Mm-hmm. And then when a guy gets called up and makes it, you're like, fuck yeah. And when a guy gets called up and just flounders, you're like, damn, send him back. I think Los Lotharios, is that what their name is? Yeah. I love both of those dudes. And I, it, you never saw them on SmackDown or Raw. Now they're down there. They're in the thick of it. They're, it's it's awesome. And and me and Track were going at it earlier. It was a developmental the second it became 2.0. And it has been since 2019 till till now it is a developmental and before that when it was not when they first brought it to usa it wasn't it was the third brand they were putting guys on survivor series they were putting guys on wrestlemania they were doing guys ever they don't do that anymore the only time you see nxt guys not on nxt is the royal rumble and that's it mm-hmm. unless dominic took the belt and is defending against him on raw but i think the old it's a long-winded answer to you but i think the obw is awesome and I wish, fuck it, AEW can be the one to do it. Link up with them so that they can be the pawn that the guys you're not use go down there and get better and get ready for TV. And it's it's absolutely necessary. And when there's not one, it shows. And mm-hmm. and for me, Raw and SmackDown, people can just all the time say NXT call-ups don't make it. Yeah. What's Finn Balor? What's Damian Priest? What's uh, L.A. Knight? What all, there's so many guys that have made it, but there's a hundred of them. They can't all be champion. So it's it's you get lost in the shuffle. Or you, what is your definition? You get, what is your definition of making it? That's a different answer, and that's a different show for another day. Reflection because you can't again, lose. You can't if you lose. lose. You you are a waste. Yeah. So with that being said, we close on episode 175, Ray. We did it for you. Hopefully you got a, a lot of information because I gave you everything from the from the wrestler documentary to a little episode here, to the alumni, to all the people. Okay, Ray? We gave it to you. All right. All right. All right. All right. But anyway, neither here nor there. So what is that? I got, a, I got an idea. Okay. Once my prescription box, subscription box runs out, Mm-hmm. Ray has to get a subscription and then he has to join us once a month to open the box on our show. You know what? Do not say that on our chat. Let's just see if he hears this show. He yeah. Says, he says he listens. So, you know, he always yeah. says that. So if he's listening, Ray, yep. then respond on the chat to what TW just said. So you take a you you take over what TW will bequeath you for your wrestling rants on your uh on your TikTok. But we need to hear notice. So Again, we close on episode 175 of Ohio Valley Wrestling from 2000. And again, we gave you a little bit of the glimpses of the Ohio Valley Wrestling Netflix series, The Wrestler. So check that out there, too. So, TW, what are we going to do next week? You know, since we had fun with the what if and, you know, we had that funny what if. of What if TW uh, didn't have a girlfriend and went to Lima, Ohio or actually went to OVW? Probably. We probably would have saw him on SmackDown or maybe Impact Wrestling, but again, neither here nor there, because you know I'm not biased. I think he would have been on both of those shows. But the what if just came into my mind, and this is gonna be the hardest what if ever, TW. So this you might laugh at this, but I but I need your wrestling mind. We're gonna have to try to make lemons out of into lemonade, shit into shinola, whatever the case may be, whatever that saying is. But we're going to do a special what if. The hardest what if that no one is ever going to do. 
I dare yeah. any this. I dare what, what's that other show? The OVP podcast. OV, I dare, yeah. I dare y'all to try this. What if? I dare anybody even to put this on their Twitter. But we're gonna try it. I don't know if we're gonna be successful, but at least we're gonna give it the old college try. What if the Shockmaster didn't fall in his debut at WCW <laughs> Clash of the Champions? That's it. <laughs> That's it, TW. So you got a long week to think of how to book. It's up to me. It's going to be a fast show because I already know. So, I'm, but we're going to try. We're we're the ones that are going to jump into this pool. What if the Shockmaster never fell in his debut at WCW Clash of the Champions? We're going to attempt to rebook and try to make history of poor Uncle Fred. But anyway, neither here nor there. I wish I could have been there backstage when he fell. To see the legit reaction that made them go, fuck it, we got to call him Uncle Fred now. Like well, I want to, I want to be the fly on the wall for that again. But think, have your wrestling hat on for this. Let's at least attempt to make history on the PWR podcast. But with that, that being said, TW, give out those socials so we can get out of here. All right, uh, Pro Wrestling Coalition Network sponsors us at PWC Network at podbean.com, Hameen Media Group at podbean.com also, and they can be found at channelattitude.com as well. Our show on the X is at PW Reflection, uh, at Big Ray Hernandez for everything. I watched his his uh, video on his thoughts on Edge going to AEW, which was very, uh, what's that called? Passive aggressive. It was a very mm-hmm. passive aggressive video. Uh, he did laugh. He, he didn't make me laugh because he went Saturday Night Live when he was naming off all the different versions of Edge. But you, he said it on there, all social media platforms at Big Ray Hernandez. So if you can't find him on something, it's because you're spelling something wrong. Because if you find him on one thing, just copy and paste. And of course, he wants you to be on the Next Level Wrestling podcast. On Wednesday, on a Wednesday at yeah. 11 a.m. with himself in the bed. Last week, I saw, I got done a little earlier than normal, but I had to go get my kids from school. And I saw something live right now, and I was in it. And I was waiting for him to notice, and he never noticed. I was waiting oh, for him. He even froze like he saw my name. And I'm like, he's going to say Tommy Wonders here. And it was no way I was going live with my work uniform on, right? So, but it almost happened, Ray. Uh, but again, at Big Ray Hernandez for all that. You can find him every Wednesday at Next Level uh, Podcast. That's live too, right? Mm-hmm. It's live, yeah. And then you can find me on X at Tommy Wonder 19. Also at the Tommy Wonder on the X, which is also my TikTok at the Tommy Wonder, and my Instagram is at Tommy Wonder 19, along with Threads. Snapchat is Number Wonder. Facebook.com backslash Tommy Wonder. And then, of course, Big Vito and Noel can be found at BigVitoBrand.Wixsite.com, Patreon.com backslash the Big Vito Brand. And uh, you can watch the early release of Reflection videos at Twitch.tv backslash the Big Vito Brand. I, I, some, I was watching something, and I don't think it was Heels, so it must have been something a little older. And Big Vito was in it. He was one of the extras as a wrestler in the background, but I don't think it was Heels. Uh Eldest was on one of them though. He was an extra on, on heels in the ring. Ooh. Well, you can find me on my Xer or Twitter at PWSOPRF. That's PWSOPROF. 
Follow my brothers in arms, 8-Track Brown, the dirtiest of the city, at the number 8, T-R-A-C Brown. And, of course, the host of the Wednesday Locker Room, Billy Ray Valentine at Obi-Wan, you know me. And, again, next week, we're going to attempt to save the career of poor Uncle Fred, the Shockmaster, when we do a special what if. The hardest what if, I think, ever in the history of the PWR's what ifs. What if the Shockmaster never fell on his debut at WCW Clash of the Champions. And with that being said, I'm the professor. That's Mr. Wonderful, Dum Dum Duel, du- Dum Dum Duel, an idiot's own. Tommy Wonder saying goodnight, and we'll see you next time here at the PWR Podcast at the Hameen Media Group at podbean.com. Peace! Yeah! He didn't say, there was nobody saying, yeah, OVW. I couldn't think of nobody. I was trying to think of what noise that Nick Dinsmore made. He did some shit where he pointed his finger.